Hi guys, welcome to episode 8 of the BFS Fan Page Rampage. My name is Daniel Cotton from Twitter, and I'm here with Jarrett. It's me! Man, look at us go. We've done 8 this year. It's pretty darn good. Pretty happy for us to do this. Yeah, we're we're on top of things, and that's in a year with three tours. I mean, I see you more than some members of my family now, I think. <laughs> three UK <laughs> tours, That's and then we've done yeah. so much in the US as well. So it's, gosh, oh, it's shit, a, yeah, and, and I came over for that as well. So, so yeah, I, I really do. Definitely, there are members of my family I see way less than you. Yeah, I, I agree. See, now you know, that's kind of what it's like to be in a band. It's uh, Yeah. Oh, man, dude, I'm yachting for a reason. It has been such a crazy year. I mean, uh, just like maybe, I mean, not maybe. I mean, this has been kind of like the busiest year for me since like 2007. Um, That's crazy. As far as like band stuff is concerned. But um, I, mean, I think that's good. There's a lot lot of stuff happening and lots of stuff to, to talk about here today on the BFS fan page Rampage. Well, that's good. Why don't we jump in with that? What's the latest with Bowling for Soup? What's coming up? Man, latest with Bowling for Soup. Um, gosh, everybody, you know, first of all, what a great tour we had over there for the Almost Christmas Tour. I mean, it was kind of a, a last-minute idea based upon the way that things are lining out. You know, we, we, we had some plans for 2019. Then we did announce Reading and Leeds, which sort of threw a wrench. I don't know if you guys say throw a wrench in the UK, but... Yep. Um, kind of threw a wrench on touring plans because that's pretty much what they expect us to promote as being kind of one of the the um, bigger not and I don't mean that as a fat joke bands on the on the bill. Um, and so that that basically was like, man, well, we're not going to get to come back over in 2019. It doesn't look like as you know for a regular tour. So gosh, let's let's see what we can do. Let's do this almost Christmas thing and. It was really fun. I mean, I think that could be a regular thing. I mean, it, it, I think by the end of it, like it's, it was really starting to feel like, okay, this is a deal. This is kind of an event. And, uh, you know, as always with me, ideas are flowing and, and starting to think about, you know, could we do this, you know, a few times, you know, could we do a few shows next year? And so we'll see what happens. But it was awesome to have patent pending back on the road with us and obviously taking out your girlfriends over there for the first time was great. Great tour. And uh, so what are we doing now? Uh, the DVD, I believe, is like, as we said, I put this in a, in a, in a Facebook message because I know some people get a little frustrated when things get delayed. It's just not our band. <laughs> our band just puts stuff, we're overly informative, I think. And so a lot of times it, it just like the buildup happens and then there's delays, but Everything gets delayed. It just does. And so what happened was this last time we thought we were going to have it out by the 7th of December and the DVD authoring, which I guess is sort of like how it switches from track to track or how it's labeled or something like that. Apparently, I mean, they didn't even send it to me. So apparently it was bad enough to where it, I didn't even need to say that's terrible. Um, <laughs> so that, that needed to be completely redone. And so kind of that plug got pulled while I was gone, but that's going to come out very soon. And I have seen it. It's great. It's really, really cool because it was the last tour that we did over there. And uh, we had that huge video screen back behind us. So like when you're watching the show, it's almost like it's in 3D. It's really hard to explain, but it's super cool. And so that's going on. And, um, you know, we're... We're about to go into starting to prepare for the 25th anniversary celebration. Uh, it's and that will include a new album, 
which we will start on very, very soon. And uh, a four-day extravaganza here in Texas for uh, the celebration of our anniversary, which we will also be announcing soon. In fact, I think I'm going to get permission to leak it before it goes on sale. So be watching the fan page for those details because that's 100% where I'll do it first. Um, but it looks like, again, it's going to be about a four-day event, a Thursday through a Sunday, first part of June, and all in one location uh, with a hotel discount right off the premises and uh, just a big Texas weekend and celebrating a quarter century of Bowling for Soup. So, yeah, so we got that and planning our summer tour as well and uh, Reading and Leeds and, you know, as far as Bowling for Soup, that's kind of it. I mean, we're, we're just... Um, you know, moving steadily along as we do. Awesome. So before we get into things, let's throw over to Fiona for her to announce the poster of the month. Fiona, how are you and what you got for us today? Okay, this one, I would want to go to Steve Rice. For, uh, he's a longtime page member and he's always really active and he did the two fan page banners that you've probably seen a couple of times. Yeah, so I'd yep. like it to go to him this time, please. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Steve Rice, uh, old school, actually. He was, like, I believe, like, the highest officer in the BFS Army when we were doing the fan core thing. Yeah. And uh, I think his name was Zio. And I used to think that – I and I used to call him Zoe. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I didn't know what Zio was. I still don't, to be honest. But uh, So this, this month, it will go to Zoe for being awesome. He came to a couple of shows out there on the tour, too. It was great to see him and uh, – Steve, th those banners were awesome, and if you haven't seen them, go to the fan page and uh, and check out the photos of that. Awesome. Well, Steve, message me your address and shirt size, and we'll get some stuff out to you. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Fiona. Just before I go, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to Jarrett just for everything he's done for the fan page this year because it's been like it's been awesome. Everything he's done. So. Oh my goodness. I need to thank you guys, but. I'm I'm glad it's it's nice to see and like I said I said it before it's nice to see um, the other band members <clears throat> interacting as well and and getting on there and and stuff and it's just been great and I I love the positivity and and just the the overall support of one another and it's just it's a great community more than it is anything so thank you for all your hard work and um, let's go get to six thousand in the in a few months yeah not thank you have a great Christmas thanks Fiona you too thanks. bye. First thing to look at is Bowling for Soup in the news. Um, tons of articles about the Reading and Leeds announcement that I've I've not seen you guys mentioned in as many articles about anything ever before. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a huge thing, and and I know that it was the first thing you guys did over here, but it's I think it's grown a lot since then as well. But also, it's just it's a way more mainstream thing than downloads. Mm, so, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's got way more appeal and with you guys being one of the first bands announced, I think that's done great things, you know, press wise. Yeah. You know, it's weird for us because I think, you know, when, when you're a part of something like that and you've been a part of other festivals, you know, you sort of start to see other festival lineups come out around the same time. And you're like, man, I mean, gosh, that one would be fun to play or that one would be fun to play. And, and, you know, I get it. I, I feel like this Reading and Leeds though, if you, if you sort of went back to, you know, back when we first did it the first time, 15 or so years ago, I remember the lineup being really, 
diverse back then, you know, I mean, but I, I will say that I thought, I think, and maybe it was the day that we were on too. I mean, that's just it. Like, I don't remember who were on the other days. I know we were on the same day as like Slipknot and Blink-182. So maybe that was just, it seemed like we sort of fit in more. Um, but yeah. you know, as I, so at first when the announcement came out, I was just like, okay, like, where do we fit in all this? Um, but you know, I mean, then, then you start to just think about it. I mean, that, that's kind of the way that festivals ha historically are sometimes. And I think that I, I, I think I'm, we've been doing slam dunk and download the last several years or several times that we've done festivals and where it's more of a, of a niche sort of thing where, you know, everybody on your stage is in your genre and uh, that kind of thing, especially at slam dunk or when you go to download, you know, at least it's more leaning in the whole rock thing. Whereas here, like you said, you know, you've got pop things like that and, and we've done those kind of festivals before. And so, you know, I'm not scared. I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. And I think it's going to be cool on our, like I said, on our 25th year to go back to where it all started for us in your country. Um, man, I mean, I think that's pretty special. And uh, so I, I really do hope that we can do some great things and, um, and just make it a night to remember for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be going to be really cool. Um, next thing in the news is an, yet another uh, venue closure article that you guys have been mentioned in. A, a punk club called Continental in New York um, is closing down after like opening in the in the seventies, I think. And wow. you guys were named as one of the one of the scene favorites that's played there. That's crazy. Well, I mean, any I mean, I'll be honest with you about something. Like I had, I didn't know about that. Anytime you're mentioned in a article about a club like that in New York City where it's like I, I mean that's a really big deal so I, I mean for us to because the last few I mean the last several times that we've played there I mean the last 10 years really we've we've not played that place it's been more of you know the theaters and and things like that so uh very yeah, they, they um the article said they actually stopped doing shows in 2006 so you guys were probably one of the last bands to play there as yeah, well must um, have been yeah and I, I think I, I, I mean yeah, I, I actually know. Now that I think about it, I do remember that show. It was, uh, it was pretty great. It was awesome. Hey, you know what I forgot to mention in the what's going on with us thing is um, Ireland. Oh, my God. If you have not gotten your tickets for Belfast or Dublin, you got to get them. Seriously, uh, Belfast almost sold out in 24 hours, which that never happens to us. And Dublin is not far behind. So if, if Belfast isn't sold out by the time you hear this, it's going to be. Um, and I don't know whether there's a bigger venue to move to or not. So if you want to come see us in Belfast or Dublin, go get those tickets. That'll be right around, um, the, in, it's in April, I believe, right? Yeah. April, yeah. I think. yeah. End of April. Right around the time where we're playing over at a uh, festival in Belgium. So like I said, go get those things and, um, you know, let's get back to the news, Daniel. Okay. Next thing in the news, um, is, Alternative Press have covered a story about musicians' unusual talents. Um, it seems, I get the impression that you did one interview with them one time a year ago, and they are really dragging everything out by just doing these lists. So they're doing great, really. It's fucking genius. Yeah. Because you must have you must have answered like 10 questions, and they're going to make 10 articles out of it. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. So, so your unusual talent is that you can... Uh, make a matchstick disappear and then reappear from anywhere you want, which sounds to me immediately dirty in some way, but I right. don't think it was supposed to be. No, I can't. That is, and I can do that. 
And uh, I've seen that. It's, I, I can verify. Yeah, it's my uh, it's my one and only magic trick, and it's it's uh, it's pleasing to all audiences. And uh, so, yeah, I can make it dirty if I want to, you know. Um, you know the the uh, the the next thing that I want to do is pull it out of my ass and it lights. You know, that'd be amazing. Like I make the, it disappear and then I pull it out of my ass and all of a sudden it just, hey, anybody need a light? That'd be great. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody would want that light though. So you're probably right. It'd probably stink. But um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's. I guess I was probably really fishing for that one. By the way, I don't even. I don't even know because I, like, I can do pretty good impressions. So I, I, I'm, I probably would have said that. But and I'm really good at impersonating my friends. So yeah. But they probably they probably just asked you that question five minutes after you happened to have done that matchstick trick. So <laughs> it was on fresh on the brain. You're probably <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> um, next thing is the Dublin dates, which we've already talked about. Um, I, I think, believe this is your first time playing Belfast in eight years. So, it's been a bit. guys, if, if you're listening, as Jarrett was just saying, these for sure will will sell, and the the venues are way smaller than we used to. Um, over here, um, I think I mean I think Dublin's like six seven hundred capacity, um, and it's I, when I came to see you in Dublin and on your day off on the Steel Panther tour, I think that was one of the best shows I've ever been to. Um, those shows, there's something about those smaller rooms that are just makes it a whole different vibe. So yeah, it's kind of like a um, like that room is kind of like a Bristol, but it's like a shrunken like yeah. because yeah, it's absolutely. a wall of people because the people like the the there's you know. There's like three. There's the there's the floor, and then there's a few steps up, and then there's those people. And then there's the balcony. So it's just like a wall of people. Yeah, and, yeah, it's, um, yeah. It's very much like um, Rock City as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, except for uh, less stairs to stand on. You know. Yes. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. That's gonna be a blast. Um, and the final thing is, you know, 101 reviews of the Almost Christmas tour that are all fantastic and seems to have gone over really well. And uh, like you were saying, I think um, it certainly seems to be a, a good idea for a, for a, a regular thing. Um, it was definitely a topic of conversation on this tour that we don't really get things like that in the UK yeah. from American bands because you guys want to stay home for Christmas and that makes sense. So, you know, we don't really see a lot, a lot, a lot of bands that do, that kind of thing usually do a special hometown show. I mean, obviously, Pat and Pendin have been doing that for years, and we, we kind of all just accept we'll never see things like that because <laughs> everyone wants to stay home over Christmas. So. I will say, though, that like we did notice, though, like just the timing of it, that like around December 1, you guys are ready. So we get over there around yeah. the 1st of December and, uh, and do that for a few days. It was really great and a lot of fun, and I thought that uh, that the Christmas songs went over really well and – and uh, just a good vibe, great vibe, and and just good energy. And when you when you're having bands like Not Your Girlfriends and Pat and Penning, that's going to happen anyway. Um, and I definitely would know now, sort of like where to go from a production aspect, you know, as far as like what to do, because I I was kind of like at the mercy of just really whatever anybody told me. But now uh, yeah, it should be fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm super happy with all the reviews, and and um, quite frankly, I, every show was awesome. So no stinkers. I read a review of uh, the Leeds show and the Freddie Mercury impersonator went down very well. That was um, amazing, actually. That was really, really cool. I think the first, the first few days that that uh, light switch on thing happened, I think it, the, the, there was kind of a lull in the show 
from you from from you because you didn't really understand it because i guess you guys don't have the christmas light switch on thing in america <laughs> no, no but he had explained it to me i mean i kind of understood it but i guess i thought that people would think it was funnier that like we were hitting the switch and all of the lights went out instead of on or whatever and i i genuinely uh, we got we got a couple of days in two or three days in and, you know, I mean, I was busy on stage and I was ordering food and all of those things. So I'm not really, I'm not entirely 100% sure what's going on at all times in the show. But the first night when the lights went out, I was just like, oh, someone unplugged something. Like, yeah. you know, something's gone wrong. Right. The second night, I was like, weird. I wonder if that button really is broken in some way. <laughs> and then night, night three, I was like, okay, this has got to be a bit. This must be a bit. That's and so then, funny I, that you didn't know. Yeah, and I, it had the I, spark I shoot out of it and everything. A few different people messaged me and said, is that happening on purpose? And I said, I really don't know, and I'm not going to ask because it's funnier if I don't know. Right, so I, yeah. I just didn't ask. I didn't ask. But, like, I mean, you know, by night four or five, I was like, this 100% is not, you know, it's not a coincidence. The, <laughs> the lights are all going off at that time on purpose. But, I mean, even, you know, Jamie messaged me like, oh, maybe tonight will be the, light, maybe tonight will be the night that the lights work. So he mustn't have got it. <laughs> that that is so funny. Like I, I just I would have assumed that everybody knew that it was supposed to be funny. I mean, but what are you gonna do? I mean, uh, they can't all be winners. I think the I think the thing I enjoyed about watching that was knowing that you were kind of making a joke that you didn't really understand yourself. So right <laughs> because you didn't you didn't know what the why the bit was funny, but you'd just been told it would be funny, and I knew that was what was happening. Totally. So. I could see, like, as the tour went on, your delivery of it got better as you started to understand more what was supposed to be happening. Exactly. But yeah, that's, that's like, a huge thing here where we'll have, like, you know, E-grade celebrities will come and switch on your town's Christmas lights, and and it's, yeah, it's a huge thing. That is so – That I mean, well, I definitely understand it more to make it funnier next year. <laughs> there you go. Well, the joke might be ruined now, but Maybe it's okay. So. Maybe <laughs> so. So next thing to look at is Bournemouth Soup in history, and a recent one this time, 18th of December, which, for you, if you're listening, that's not just a random date, that's today's date, mm-hmm. um, 18th of December 2017, um, and I've only picked this because you posted the Spotify wrapped stats on, on that day last year, um, and I just thought it was interesting to look at, that because you posted them again a couple of days ago, and you've gone up by 2 million fans in 12 months, which is... Fucking yeah, crazy. It's fucking crazy. Um I, I you know, I got that while I was on vacation and uh I got and we're up sixteen percent, like in all categories or whatever. And this is a band again that's gonna celebrate twenty five years next year. And I and I you know, I got a text from my daughter who's sixteen and really I, she's amazing, she's a great person, but she doesn't give a shit, you know, like and, and she was just like, Wow, dad, I'm so proud of you. This is cool because it was something she could understand, you know, like yeah. She doesn't know, you know, if I tell her how many records we've sold or whatever, she doesn't understand the impact of that or what that means, but she can look at the, because she looks at all of her, the bands that she likes, she looks at their Spotify number, hey, here's their number one song and here's how many it's had. She had perspective yeah. on all of that and uh, it was really, really cool. And, um, you know, so obviously, I mean, uh, it it's very... um. Again, it's one of those things. You just can't take anything for granted, but just just to be in a new technology and to have survived, you know, the 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 death of, you know, a few different mediums or whatever in music and to be able to still 
be successful and and to and people to listen to you and you and to be able to you know have a career doing this um it's amazing and so thank you everybody who streams us or rates us or whatever i mean it really does make an impact now and and uh it's getting better and better i mean you'll notice we most people are going for streams more than they're going for sales now it's a different world we live in and uh, so for us to be where we are in that world already um just one of those things counting our lucky stars every day Next thing to talk about, Bowling for Soup on TV. Now, in the last episode, I inadvertently insulted you guys when I mentioned that I was running out of TV appearances to right. talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I posted in the fan page to ask if anyone had any suggestions, and nobody fucking did. So it's not just me. You know? <laughs> We're <laughs> but, just running out of shit to no, talk I about. <laughs> I, I think I think the reason I'm struggling is because I'm sure you guys have been on TV 101 million times, but all in the States. So we don't, yeah. you know, when you, when you guys are on like, you know, some kind of morning news show or whatever, we don't see that. We don't know what that is. So I'm, I'm struggling. And genuinely, if you listen to this and you have stuff you want to hear about, then please reach out because I'm at, at this point, I'm going off things I can find on YouTube Yeah. Um, for now. And I've, I've split these into two parts and you probably know what the second part is that's coming next time. Uh, but now let's talk about your uh, Jimmy Kimmel performance in 2003 when you guys played Summer of 69. Um, first question for me is why the hell did you play Summer of 69? <laughs> well, I, hey, I want to add to what you just said first because it's not insulting at all, but you have to think about this. Like, again, when we were on all those shows, if we were on all those shows now, they would be all readily available. But everything wasn't going to the internet back yeah. then. And oh, in fact, totally. And in fact, you know, I mean, when we were really doing a lot of television, which is between 2003 and about 2008, so about that five-year span, networks didn't want it out there. And in fact, you know, if you were on ABC or whatever, you know, they did get shut down right away for copyright or whatever. And, you know, I know those those networks all regret it now, but how could they have known? So we just were popular at a time where, you know, there just was no fan archive um, for people to be able to just put that shit out there and, and for you to be able to go back and listen to it anytime. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's like, even, even I'm of an age where I take that for granted and, and I have to remember, I have to remind myself that there was a time when not every single thing was videoed and posted online, you yeah. know, and, and that the, the, about 10 years ago and before you can't see a video of every single song of every single live performance right. of every band at every venue, you know? Absolutely. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, um, that one, we actually weren't on there to play Summer 69. We were on there to play Girl the Bad Guys Want. And I think I've told this story before, but we the the label at the time were just like, you got to wear the suits, you got to wear the suits. And we had worn the suits on so many things at that time that I was just like, you know what, guys, we set the suits on fire. We blew, we, we burned them so that we would never have to wear them again. And we got there to do, to do the show and they were like, oh, that's fine. You're in LA where we can get anything. So they found us new suits, like these <laughs> cream colored tuxes or whatever. So we're wearing those. We go out, we do summer, uh, we do, um, girl, the bad guys want. And then what you would do is you would have a second song prepared. And if the show ended at a certain time, they'd throw back to you. And you'd get to do, and this is super common, actually. This happens, like, on pretty much, like, any news network show that you do. Like, if we do, like, a local news thing here in Dallas, they'll always come to you first. You do, like, a blurb thing. It's, like, a 
10 seconds of a song. Then you play your actual song. Then at the end, they're like, let's let Bowling for Soup play us out. So yeah. kind of like that thing where you don't expect to get as much of it in, but just for some reason that night, um, we did get, I think, most of that song played. Um, and again, it was totally a label thing, not my idea, not my choice. You know, it's 2003, 2004, and I'm... You know, we had just done the Grammy thing and I just want to be successful, you know, so there were yeah. times where I wouldn't listen and there were times when I would and, and I do, I, I, I don't really have any regret for playing it, but it's just the, the thing was, you know, back then to me, everything that was presented to me in such a way to where if I didn't do it a certain way, then our career was over, you know, and it was always be like that. Well, if you turn down this show and you go home and see your family, I'm sorry, but you know, the station's going to pull your song. And this is one of those things where, you know, you need to cater to a broader audience. So play summer of 69, you know, kind of thing. And, um, so we did it. And again, we had a great time and, you know, I didn't walk away from there going, ah, fuck, we did summer of 69, but you know, if I if I'm looking back on it, and we could have, and we would have, or could have done Life After Lisa, or Summer, or uh, you know, Punk Rock 101, or something. Uh, you know, I would have rather, but instead we didn't, and uh, but it was a great night all to you know, and and we had a great time afterwards, and um, there you, you know, it's a wacky time zone situation, so you by the time you tape, you know, it doesn't come on till much much later, so then you can kind of go drink a lot, then you can go home and actually watch it on television. So we did that. Right. We went to the hotel and watched it with a bunch of label people and had a, had a big party. It was good fun. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's the story behind it. It was, um, just one of those things where that's what we got asked to do and, and we did it. So did you, were both of the performances in the show? Like the, the girl, the bad guys want performance was in that as well. It is, yeah. The girl the bad guys want was actually in the show, so that one's a little easier to find, probably. Um, Literally, I I just googled Bone Soup, Jimmy Kimmel, and the Summer of '69 was the first one, which is that's that I didn't even realize that that, that you'd played two songs on the show. That's why I brought this one up, really. Yeah, I mean, and the thing was is that we we were on that show for. Um, or high school never ends as well, and I think 1985. Like I think we did it three times, but I'm not positive on the 1985. I know we did high school never ends for sure. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen those. So we, I mean, we can talk about that another time if we run short, short on on TV material. <laughs> Which you know, it seems like we will. Maybe we'll just <laughs> well, let's just start a new category. Yeah, I actually, you know, I have to give a huge shout out to Rod and James because he gave me the idea of we switch this category out with um, talking about the music videos, you know, which I think is a, a great idea and actually maybe something people would like to hear about more. So, yeah, I mean, we, we may do that, you know, within the next couple of episodes, switch yeah. this out and start talking about making music videos and stuff. Sounds great. I mean, there's great stories about every one of those videos. So, um, yeah, quite sure. Bring it on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with like, just lyric videos and like ones that ones that you didn't, you didn't appear in. It's we didn't really, really do anything. Really difficult yeah. for yeah. you. Just totally. like tell me, tell me about the making of this lyric video. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's what happened. I sent an email to this guy, and uh, he got the lyrics <laughs> wrong a couple of times. That'll be the extent of the story. <laughs> okay. Good stuff. Okay. I can't wait for that. Um, the next thing to talk about is what's Jarrett listening to right now? I don't know why I, I was like, I'm reading from my notes. So I always read it out like that as if I'm not talking to you. 
Um, what's Jarrett listening to right now? <laughs> what am I listening to right now? Um, well, I'm listening to a lot of Not Your Girlfriends. Uh, I've because I've I've worked a long time on that record. I actually also have I've been pounding my head into this uh, a television show thing that I'm working on that I should be able to announce on the next fan page rampage, and I'm excited about that. Um. So musically, it's been it's been a little bit tough. So I've been do, but but I've been doing a bunch of throwback stuff. I um I broke out like all the old Rancid uh, albums recently, and kind of just listened to them all back to back. And man, that's a great trip. That's just an awesome voyage to do. Yeah. It just everything is just so great. And um, that's kind of it. I mean, um, again, I I always. Um, you know, I've always got my Frank Turner on and, and, and things like that. We've been listening to a bunch of Christmas music though around here. I mean, uh, anytime the kids are in the car, we're wanting to hear some, uh, some Christmas music. And in fact, uh, Emma and Jack and I were in the car yesterday and they played, uh, even Santa needs a break sometimes, which have them on there when, um, so Emma's about eight in that and Jack is about five. So maybe they're four and seven or five and and uh eight but um so funny to hear them talking and then and emma again so funny as you starting to kind of realize just what stuff is and she goes uh in that song maybe even santa needs a break sometimes she they're, they're talking about what they think he does during this break and then you know i have her go you know well then after he's done with that he probably and then i go well that's unfortunate buddy usually fights a summer cough and uh, she goes that's really clever how you like completed my sentence and you had me like lead in like that and i go yeah i mean you know, i know what the hell i'm doing kid yeah she's, she's realizing that actually uh dad's a business genius <laughs> well i dude i think that is what i i think i've told you this before i think even santa needs a break sometimes is lyrically one of my best flipping songs ever i really do like when I say he helps the Easter Bunny with calendar arranging because the date of Easter or the day of Easter Sunday is always changing, is brilliant because it's yeah. it's never nobody ever knows when Easter is. You know, <laughs> I sometimes I sometimes get a little bit scared when I look at you instead of looking at you as the singer in the band that I like or my boss or my friend. <laughs> if I look at you as like from a business perspective, it's sometimes intimidating how good you are we can't talk about exact details but yeah. there was a conversation backstage on this tour with you know business people where i was just like holy fucking shit this guy's a genius <laughs> like i it's it, it's it, the reason it's scary is because i'm like wait is he manipulating me like that like, <laughs> <laughs> is he using those techniques on me <laughs> That's so funny because the because uh, the band guys have had I've heard them you know have that conversation before and and obviously taking the piss out of me but like is he is he is he just driving us like a little bus around like <laughs> you know just making us his little pawns and his but no it's I you know I you know I pride myself on the business side of this as you know man I I really do I uh, I think that that as if you run it like that and you just make sure that everybody's always taken care of and. And, and, you know, when there's problems, you just solve them. Then it keeps a happy camp. And, um, you know, the guys know that I do that. And, and um, you know, I I have a good reputation for being a nice guy. So um, there you go. Yeah, I mean, 
can't fault you for it. <laughs> there's, there's times when you you will ask me to do something on tour, and like you'll you'll say it in a really nice way, or you'll you'll suggest that. I mean, just for the guys that are listening, you something you won't get to see ever, but I'm gonna let you in on is the way Jarrett asks for a drink. Pretty much ninety percent of the time, um, backstage is he'll say, "Hey Daniel, when you came in here, were you were you, were you, were you just thinking?" I bet Jarrett's really thirsty. <laughs> I wonder if I should make him a <laughs> And sometimes I genuinely, I'll be halfway through doing something for you and I'll be like, wow, that motherfucker really got me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> really did. I'm really doing this, not even thinking it's my job. I'm doing this thinking like, yeah, I, you know, that guy deserves this right now. You know, I'm going to help this guy out. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, it's like if somebody's having a chicken nugget, you can just be like, Wait, hey, did you want me to have one of those? <laughs> those chicken nuggets? Did you want me to have one of those, or were you? Do you you're thinking you're not going to be able to finish them, right? You want me to have one? <laughs> no offense, but I bet you are the worst guy in the world to be mar- married to. Like, <laughs> for sure. Well, I can't really pull this on her. She's way smarter than me, and you know, but... <laughs> that makes sense. I know I've met her, so yeah. I <laughs> yes, you have. Too. Yes. <laughs> so next thing to talk about is the story behind the song and. As voted for on this very Christmassy podcast, uh, Cornerstone on Christmas. So uh, this is a great story. Uh, it's pretty simple, but I love it. Um, I just put out a. I I needed to write a Christmas record. We were on Warp Tour. It was summer. I was kind of like having trouble getting the vibe of it, but I knew I needed to do it because we needed to record it as soon as we got back. And it was hot outside, and so I just put out on Facebook. I just put. Anybody got any ideas for a Christmas song? If you've got an original Christmas song, if you've got an idea, I'll put your name in the liner notes and I'll send you a, a t-shirt. Yeah. So I've got some great ideas. Um, some really great ones. And that actually, even Santa Needs a Break Sometime was one, and Corner Store on Christmas was, was, was the other that I think I used. The guy who sent me this idea uh, was another improv comedian, and is the guy who would end up hiring me to be Chuck E. Cheese. True story. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. So that's how cool the story is. But anyway, he was just like, hey, why don't you write a song about all of the stuff that you have to go get? You know, like he goes, you know, like the things that, you know, all the kids have their toys and stuff. But what about like beer and things like that that you, you got to go and get? And, and, and it, the, the idea was sort of roundabout. Uh, but then I started thinking, you know, it's like, cause I had a friend that worked at a seven 11 and a seven 11 is like a, uh, I don't know what you guys would have, would call it, but, um, it's just like, like a, like, news agent. Like a news agent. Yeah. A it's, you go in and you can get a soda and a newspaper and a, and a, and a sandwich. And you know, that's pretty much what they have. But if you want to buy things like medicine there, you pay a premium charge if you want to buy, uh, again, batteries are really, really expensive at those places. And um, so I had a friend that used to work there, and, and that was his big, they would just sell so many fucking batteries because nothing else is open. Of course, this day and age, you've got, um, you know, so many other things are open all the time, Walmart and stuff like that, but... Um, on, Christ- on Christmas Day, yeah, they'll open up now. It's pretty yeah. nuts. The, the, the jokes you make about everything closing at three o'clock in England, man. If you could be here on Christmas, 
fucking hell you <laughs> you would just not believe it, it there's nothing um, unless the st- unless the staff in the store don't celebrate christmas and when i say don't celebrate christmas i mean they're another religion that's the only reason that a right. shop would be open on christmas day there is no other shop you know we've no supermarket we've no tesco we've no nothing on christmas day at all yeah um so it's pretty um new for things to start opening you know, um, or what they'll do is they'll be open for part of it and then close or whatever. Um, yeah, Christmas Day is a big one where, where not a lot is open, but you you just never you you'd be surprised. You find stuff, but anyway, um, the idea of the song was for this guy to need all this stuff that he forgot, and you know, to kind of get more expensive. But then I was just like, you know how to make it like the twelve days of Christmas, and um, so. <laughs> There's no real rhyme or reason to it, which is why the lyrics are so hard to remember and I, why I didn't get it right until the last night of the tour. And um, But then, then the punchline, ah, oh, we forgot the batteries, is like supposed to sort of tie it all in because that's sort of the reason you went there in the first place. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's where Corner Store on Christmas came from. Super proud of that one. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's it, the funny thing for me when I'm when I'm preparing these podcasts and i have the 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 vote in the fan page of what songs people want to hear yeah there's always no matter what songs are are on the list whatever the top vote is there'll always be someone who says that one's pretty self-explanatory that's why i voted for this one right and i in most cases i think yeah i agree and in this case you know cornerstone christmas was the top voted one and I can't remember who also said that, but I thought, yeah, you know, this, like, how can you not figure out what this what this song is about yourself? You know, why, why do we need to hear the story behind this? But every single time I've thought that and someone's commented that, you've said, oh, there's such a good story behind this one. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, there, you know, the, it's it's funny where they all come from. You just you just kind of never know. But, yeah, the um, the those are all things that you could buy at – you know, like a Seven Eleven. So you know, it's um, <laughs> and you know, some of it is more expensive than it should be. So, and that that is kind of the idea. Yeah. Um. Last thing is Q and A with the fan page, and just to keep in line with the theme. First, we're going to do some questions that are Christmas related in some way. So, uh, Steve Rice said, "Not your girlfriends seem to really hit off with the UK." and bfs fans what's the next step for them and are there any plans for them to come back to the uk soon and merry christmas and happy new year to uh, me and you and all of the guys in the band awesome hey merry christmas steve um already working on some things uh, you might see them sooner than later um you know, with um with them i do have a few obstacles i mean Marin's still in public school so we have to work around breaks and vacations and things like that. Um, the other two are, are homeschooled, uh, so we can we can do that. But I have to be careful how much they travel outside of the country just for child labor laws and things like that. But um, already talking about that, they had such a great tour. Uh, next is a video for the next single, which is going to be Sometimes, which is on their EP. Uh, single-handedly... Uh, the song that everybody, when they heard the EP, was like, this is the one, this is the one you got to release, and yada, yada. But I did not want to lead with a ballad. And yeah. um, and so I, I wanted to make sure that people knew them as, as what they are, what they are, and, you know, fun and, and energetic and all that before we hit, hit, them, with, hit them over the head with emotion. Because it's just like, you know, it, you want to make sure that 
you know that you're that you're representing yourself out there. Yeah. So now that they've had a chance to go out there and build those socials up and 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 play all these songs live and and show what they can do and and have all of that stuff out there in the world, they can um we can we can go and do more of a serious and slow song and and so that's the plan and then um starting to write again, start to write new music and and try to actually I mean I I think they would love to have something out by summer. And, um, in this, in this world that we live in these days, I don't see why that's not possible. So, um, but we are in sort of a, uh, catch your breath mode I mean, they had a very busy summer, very busy fall. Obviously this tour was, was crazy for them. They came back home and had, had a couple of really insane shows. And so, um, everybody's just kind of okay. And, and they've got some really cool press things coming out that, that you guys will, will notice over in the coming weeks, which <laughs> I mean, some really big stuff. So, um, kind of catch your breath and, and get ready and, and then hit, just like me, hit the ground running 2019 and full speed ahead. Awesome. I have, I have two follow-up questions there. Firstly, is sometimes the one that Liv wrote on her own? Shit. It's not sometimes it's somehow I always say that Bowling for Soup has sometimes, but yes, uh, yeah, she brought it in and I started doing what I do. I arrange, you know, I start to produce it and we, and you know, I take the parts and sometimes they're, they're this, what I would do it to any song that I was working on. Uh, but by the time I was done, I was like, you don't need me on this one. I mean, it's, it's just done. I mean, the chords were, were perfect and the lyrics were great. And, um, you know, I don't think that we changed, I changed maybe one or two little, little subtle things that, um, you know, y- you would really never know. And, um, yeah, that's just all her. So, and it, so, it, she wrote that shit uh, from the heart too. So how do you feel that the first song everyone picked up on as being the, the standout on the album was the one you didn't write? <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> uh, um, to be honest, to be honest, I think no. it's fucking great. I uh, I think it shows how talented she is and how talented the band are. It shows that I was right to get involved in this, and I and it shows that that from where we started two years ago or a year and a half ago working together, where you know when she hadn't even written one song, uh, it's shown the growth in that band and that they're not just this novelty of a youngster; they're a real band who just happened to be younger than a lot of people um, and, and i mean the, the first time i heard that that ballad was on the on the tour and i was like wow that's you know i've not heard this one before this is an amazing song and then looking at the, the ep later i saw the writing credits and i was you know it's fucking blown away that that was all done on her own and yeah and yeah it's a amazing amazing the, piece the, of music. and for musician people out there she actually made up her own tuning so she came came over and like she tuned the guitar to this certain chord that she was that she that she's written the song in, and wow. it's some crazy alternative tuning and she can't even tell you what it is she just does it so um, <laughs> you know I know so so she wasn't thinking about live shows when she wrote that song. no and in fact I meant to ask her dad who's her guitar tech <laughs> like how do you even get the guitar ready for that does she have to do yeah. it you know at least get it close and then you just make sure that everything stays crazy yeah yeah that's crazy do you think um which certainly is this is a story you've told before on the on the podcast do you think that the effect that um leading with when we die had was was a big impact on the decision to not lead with a ballad (laughs) man i will tell you um you know well they didn't lead with when we died they pulled the plug on high school never ends over christmas 
without giving it a real chance. And um, really all that song needed was a couple of months. And, and I know that because I know this business. Uh, but they just thought that that ballad was a runaway hit. And yes, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I did learn. I learned so much from that. But I, I didn't learn anything new. I learned what I knew in my heart, that that's the wrong thing to do. Like, we we just literally just did um, Girl of the Bad Guys Want and Punk Rock 101 and almost talking about almost getting drunk and this and this and 1985 and come back to Texas and we're going to go out there with some fucking serious song about, like, a relationship and then your relationship with your parents and shit and, like, that's what people are supposed to fucking gravitate towards. Like, I might as well fucking do American idiot and go political. You know what I mean? Like I, they're, I, they're nobody, nobody's going to buy that from me. I'm not Billy Joe Armstrong, you know, I'm the, yeah, I mean, the, the, the irony of saying, I think rock and roll is really funny when it's serious and then turn around and releasing when You're we exactly die. Exactly Right. Yeah. I people, mean, well, know. to be fair, those are on the same album. So <laughs> yeah, no, but, but I, you know, that's, that's exactly my point is like, well, I mean, that, you know, and, and you notice this, we followed that, that when we die, the next single was I'm gay. We were like, yeah. fuck it. We're going to be naked on the cover, and we are, nakeder and shit, on the cover, sitting all over each other, just fucking drinking and being naked, and song called I'm Gay about just being happy and about how fucking just have fun, you know, and um, almost fucking with myself a little bit, you know, but, you know, I, I, I like our ballads. I just don't think that it was the time, you know, I and I think that they could have actually even gone with a second faster single off that record but you know you live and learn i i can't it's so hard for me to to put myself back in those days because i i know that those mistakes that they made have been you know that the, the people that made those mistakes the people that did pull that single have told me it was a terrible mistake this it's one of the worst mistakes i've made right and the, a lot of those people are doing really 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 well you know so you know they probably didn't make many of them i just happened to be one of them yeah that's a but you know, I don't think I don't think you can say that it's gone badly. So. No, everything's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything's fine. Trust me. Yeah. Um, let's get back on topic, Christmas-wise. Sophie Carroll said uh, on this tour, you played in some random places on the recent tour. I'm looking at you, Bex Hill. Uh, is there anywhere you enjoyed so much you'd try and get back to? Um, Bex Hill, we could not do anything there it was so flipping cold uh and just oh, windy we could not i mean like you had to go out and get our food and stuff and i felt terrible well and we got a shower across the street and i was just like you guys are all nuts like i had showered the night before it's like you're crazy um well i mean we also played at a bunch of places that we had played before um i enjoyed i really enjoyed edinburgh i i thought that you know we had a walk around there and and uh had a great time. Me and Rob went out, and that's when my luggage was missing. So I went on a quest to try to find, you know, clothes and toothpaste and shit. And uh, and just a beautiful city. Had a great time there. Um, you know, I, I a lot of, again, like I said, a lot of these places we had played back in the day. Southampton's always been great. I was so freaked out by Southampton, by the way, because around that Guild Hall, there used to be nothing. Like it was outside of it was just more just gray buildings, and they've knocked all that shit down and just built all these great restaurants and bars and shit. And it, it was it was awesome. So, um, man, we didn't have a stinker one. I'd go back to any and all those places anytime. Yeah, awesome. Um, I would like to vote that if we go back to Bex Hill, it's sunny next time. So <laughs> totally you know, agree. Do, would love to go do, out there and do, see that beach. Uh, 
coastal coastal cities in a summer tour. Okay, yeah. that's the plan next time. I'm with you. Um, uh, Michael Price asks, what is your fam- favorite Christmas song by another artist? Uh, favorite Christmas song by another artist. Well, I mean, I so those of you who know me know that I whistle Sno- Frosty the Snowman year round. So I guess I would have to pick that one. But I, um, uh, my favorite of all time, though, aside from that, is "Cashing In on Christmas" by Bad News, the uh, the guys from Bottom there in the UK and the Young Ones, and they uh, they had a band called Bad News, and their "Cashing In on Christmas" I think is so brilliant. It's just a it's just a song about how all of these artists scramble around to do all these Christmas songs because it's just the gift that keeps on giving. You sell them every year, and uh, it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Lucy Murray asks, "What would be your Christmas wish?" <laughs> Lucy Murray wants to be better at guitar and the ability to cook and a new computer. Uh. That's a throwback to the people on vacation. What would be your Christmas? A brilliant Christmas song, by the way, where we asked people who could who could be a part of the song, and then we put their Christmas wishes in a song, almost word for word as to what they wrote on the the email, and it turned turned out really great. Uh, my Christmas wish, um, uh, I'm gonna be cheesy. This is, um, and I I really hope that that it doesn't come across as, as me taking the piss out of any myself or whatever, but uh, it's kind of coming true. Um, I found out this year that um, I had three older biological sisters and I met them uh, in July and uh, here just in a few days, my wife and kids and I will go up and spend uh, spend a day of the Christmas season with them and their families and stuff. And uh, you know, something that, that I could have, Never known was missing from my life, but now it's it's just such a cool thing to have as a part of me. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mark that as a wish come true, and and I'm super excited about it. That's heavy. Um, <laughs> let, let, <laughs> we'll let's wrap do some fart jokes or something. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's wind it down, Daniel. Let's wind <laughs> it down. Uh, Matt Walker asks, who are the other three people on the cover of Mary Flipping Christmas Volume Two? Oh, uh, old tech guy. So one of them still works for us. Um, Edo is in that. And the funny thing is, is that he's Jewish. Seriously? Yeah. So Edo is on that. Um, like I said, he, and he's a Jew. And, uh, then the other one is Ginger, who is, uh, Greg Lobdell, who was our drum tech. And then Sweet Charlie is the guitar tech that we had. If you want to search for the show Roadies that was done right there in the UK, those are the three that were on that show. So that will tell you, you know, about how long ago that was. We were still in the van over here in the U.S. and uh, doing buses over there in the U.K. So crazy times. Uh, and Sarah Louise asks, uh, cheese with Christmas cake, yes or no? Now, this is a British thing that I just heard of for the first time recently. So I'm assuming the answer is no. Tell me <laughs> what guys- it is again. So do you guys have like Christmas cakes, like um, Christmas pudding, I guess? Uh, I mean, we have cake, but like cake to us is like birthday cake. Do y'all have that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like a specific Christmas. Um, it's, it's my camera on. This is terrible podcasting, but can you see my visual? Yeah. Okay. This 
Have you ever seen something that looks like this? No. Ignore this. Ignore that part. Okay. This is Christmas pudding. No. Okay. You, you, okay, so you guys, you won't eat cheese with it if you don't eat it at all. So that's fine. Okay. Um, the answer, Sarah, is no. Jesus Christ, you've you've derailed the podcast. No, Sarah. I will say this, Sarah. I'll pretty much eat cheese with anything. So yes. <laughs> yeah. If, if I had any Christmas cake, there would be cheese For on sure. my plate. So. Absolutely. Okay, so yeah, so final question. Rawdon wants to know, what's the official story about your lost suitcase? Oh my God, it's the greatest story of all time. Not. Uh, official story. <laughs> I was in my bunk and they had already loaded in the first day. Um, it was a little bit of a mess getting all of our luggage here because um, only three of us flew from Dallas. Well, we're not used to that. There's usually four of us that fly from Dallas in the band and then we usually have a couple of crew guys. So we usually have you know, five, six people checking bags. But here it was, we had 13 bags and three people to check them. So it was expensive and it was freaking confusing. Well, I got an email after I woke up from my nap after we got there that there was a bag missing and it was delayed or whatever. And we had left the airport without it. Now, Marin was missing one as well. So it didn't really strike me as being anything crazy. And they were going to get that back the next day. Marin from Not Your Girlfriends was missing a snare drum. So I I texted the guys. I said, guys, what are we missing? We got to try to figure it out. And and Gabe, Gabe, our tour manager, just goes, man, it's got to be your personal bag because we have all the gear here. I'm like, son of a bitch, man. So I got up later and I start calling and I uh, they they apparently find the bag. It's in Philadelphia. They're going to get it. And, and it, it's even saying on the Internet, like this bag is still in Philadelphia, yada, yada. Um, two days, three days, actually, three days of back and forth with American Airlines, me, our manager, ev- I mean, doing whatever we can to try to, I bought new clothes, all of this. Um, I'm walking by the bay, which is where we put all of the shit in the bus, and I just, at, at the end of the night, and I just go, wait a minute, what the fuck? I go, there's my bag right there. And I go up, sure enough, my luggage tag's on the thing or whatever, and I'm just like, you guys have all been, like, carrying shit right by my bag and, like, moving my bag out of the way to get other people's stuff for three days. <laughs> and nobody noticed this, you know? And okay. it's not, like, it's the same bag I carry all the time, you know? I need I need to interject, okay, because I would like to defend myself and some other crew members. Okay. <laughs> um, because of the way you guys check bags, because, you know, most people won't know this because you don't travel as a band. Um you don't just check your own bag. You just check whatever the fuck because you've so many bags. Makes sense. I understand. Your bag had Gary's name on it. Right. On so, the tag. Yeah. On the, yeah, uh, on on the, the airline on the tag. tag. Yeah. yeah. On the airline tag. So I yeah. had seen that and I thought that's Gary's bag. Yeah. Now, Gary is the only person who specifically, if he forgets to bring his bag, he will say, do you mind when you get a minute, we go and get my bag. And I'd seen it and I thought, he's not awake yet so i'm not going to take it because then he'll go looking for it yeah and then you know because he always gets his own bag so i just didn't think anything of it so i knew in my head i was like yep gary's bag is in the bay that's fine <laughs> don't, don't worry um and yeah so so yeah so guys jared did say to me as i was putting something in the bay like and and in in to be fair you said did gary buy the same bag as me so, you know, who was, if you didn't know, I didn't fucking know. And you say that's the same bag you've had every time, but I was expecting your bag that was gray that has your um, 
warped rewind at sea right. tag on it. That's what I was looking for. So well, you know, and it. Um, the funny thing is, is then that then we came home, and my bag beat me to Philadelphia, and I was going to Miami, and so I had to go find it then. Then I came home from that trip from my cruise. And I had all of my shit, and again, I got a text that said one of my bags was delayed. But I had them all. So it was like every single time there was some sort of issue. But the, the main thing is I, I, was, I kept getting told I didn't have one of my bags, and I did. Um, so anyway, uh, a very big misunderstanding all from one email. It's all 100%, you know, definitely not anybody's fault at all. I, I, I didn't get, you know, it is what it is. I was very happy to have that bag, though. And, uh, and, you know, uh, lesson learned. I was going to take a change of clothes and my carry-on, you know, and, and my shoes for the first show and all of that stuff. And, you know, I didn't have any of that shit. And having to play in sweatpants, I fucking hated it. And um, so, anyway, again, 25 years in, still learning. That's, 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 that's what you got to chalk it up to. I'm still learning, Daniel. Well, you know, me too. So, next time... I know what bag I'm looking for, so it's going to be fun. <laughs> Actually, that one bit the dust, man. It finally ripped, and uh, I, I think that one might I might be putting it out to pasture. Jesus well, sad. can you just, before you before you travel in April? Can you send me a photo of your bag? I will do that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's around the hour mark, so we'll call it a day. Um, thanks for listening again, guys. Um, please follow me on Twitter. My username is Daniel Cotton, and uh, look up my blog, Daniel Cotton from twitter.wordpress.com um jared i'm everywhere j-a-r-e-t-2113 um i'm on instagram more than anything now so come hang out with me there um i'm uh i'm actually trying on there trying to do some shit but uh and then check out uh my pot my other podcast jared goes to the movies and the rockstar dad show with actually gary wiseman of bowling for soup new episodes of both each and every week and we will see you on this particular podcast next month Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Please join the fan page if you're not a member. Absolutely. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Bye, guys. It's the BFS Fan Page Rampage. The BFS Fan Page Rampage with Jay.